Deeper Dive podcast, Catechism of the Catholic Church, in a year. Today's day 44, begin with number 309. If God the Father Almighty, creator of the ordered and good wor- world, cares for all his creatures, why does evil exist? To this question, as pressing as it is unavoidable and as painful as it is mysterious, no quick answer will suffice. Only Christian faith as a whole constitutes the answer to this question. The goodness of creation, the drama of sin, and the patient love of God who comes to meet man by his covenants, the redemptive incarnation of his Son, his gift gift of the Holy Spirit, his gathering of the church, the power of the sacraments, and his call to a blessed life to which free creatures are invited to consent in advance, but from which... By a terrible mystery, they can also turn away in advance. There is not a single aspect of the Christian message that is not in part an answer to the question of evil. But why did God not create a world so perfect that no evil could exist in it? With infinite power, God could always create something better. But with infinite wisdom and goodness, God freely willed to create a world in a state of journeying toward its ultimate perfection. In God's plan, this process of becoming involves the appearance of certain beings and the disappearance of others, the existence of the more perfect alongside the less perfect, both constructive and destructive forces of nature. With physical good, there exists also physical evil as long as creation has not reached perfection. Angels and men, as intelligent and free creatures, have to journey toward their ultimate destinies by their free choice and preferential love. They can therefore go astray. Indeed, they have sinned. Thus has moral evil, uncommensurably more harmful than physical evil, entered the world. God is in no way, directly or indirectly, the cause of moral evil. He permits it, however, because he respects the freedom of his creatures and mysteriously knows how to derive good from it. For Almighty God, because he is supremely good, would never allow any evil whatsoever to exist in his works if he were not so all-powerful and good as to cause good to emerge from evil in itself. In time, we can discover that God in his almighty providence can bring a good from the consequences of an evil, even a moral evil, caused by his creatures. It was not you, said Joseph to his brothers, who sent me here, but God. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive. From the greatest moral evil ever committed, the rejection and murder of God's only Son, caused by the sins of all men, God, by his grace that abounded all the more, brought the greatest of goods, the glorification of Christ and our redemption. But for all that, evil never comes a good. We know that in everything God works for, good for those who love him. The constant witness of the saints confirms this truth. St. Catherine of Siena said, To those who are scandalized and rebel against what happens to them, everything comes from love. All is ordained for the salvation of man. God does nothing without this goal in mind. St. Thomas More, shortly before his martyrdom, consoled his daughter. Nothing can come but that God wills. And I'm and I make me very sure that whatsoever that be, seem it never so bad in sight. 
it shall indeed be the best. Dame Julian of Norwich, here I was taught by the grace of God that I should steadfastly keep me in the faith, and that at the same time I should take my stand on and earnestly believe in what our Lord shewed in his time, that all manner of thing shall be well. We firmly believe that God is master of all the world and its history, but the ways of his providence are often unknown to us. Only at the end, when our partial knowledge ceases, when we see God face to face, will we fully know the ways by which, even though the dramas of evil and sin, God has guided his creation to that definitive Sabbath rest for which he created heaven and earth. Father. Thanks, Bill. You know, this this section of the Catechism probably is uh, among the most important uh, in the modern world, I would argue, because it's it's probably the question that comes up amongst the most, especially amongst younger people, which is the problem of evil. And, you know, I've got only a couple minutes here, um, but if you want a fuller teaching or fuller discussion at, at least, uh, on March 10th we did a podcast on the problem of evil, so feel free to check that out on the Deeper Dive podcast from March 10th. But but the basic summary is this, is that the greatest good that God wills is perfect love. But for in order to be perfect love, we have to have freedom. It has to be freely chosen. Uh, a, a non-choice love is not, is not love at all. And so for it to be free, for it to be love, uh, for all of our actions to be done in, in authentic charity, right, to participate in in the divine, <laughs> we have to have, we have to both know what good is and what evil is. And so we have to have, uh, to a certain degree, a temptation. The beauty of our faith isn't that it tries to pretend like evil doesn't exist, which is what uh, the modern world most of the time tries to offer, is that, oh, it's not evil anymore. Don't worry about that. Just ignore it. <laughs> we don't do that. We don't pretend. We live in the reality, but we say, but there is hope, that there is a, a salvation to, to the problems that we see. We think of the exult set that is sung every Easter vigil, O happy fault which won for us so great a Redeemer. God does not abandon us in the midst of evil. In fact, he, has, <laughs> he can truly sympathize. He can truly sit with us in our suffering because he has experienced every evil that we know. Um, and, and could possibly know, uh, and probably even to a greater degree, that our faith does not teach that evil is, is the final word, but rather is just a space for greater good to come about, right? And we, very purposefully, the church quotes the, the story from Genesis of Joseph being thrown in the well, this great evil in which his brothers abandoned him and, and, and threatened to murder him. And out of that, because of that rejection, he was able to save his brothers later because he becomes the number two in all of Egypt and, uh, you know, the great uh, understander, interpreter of dreams and et cetera, et cetera. And because of that, so many were saved, right? That is what our faith teaches is that even though a great evil may have occurred, even though it doesn't seem to make sense, right? We still have hope. We still have salvation at hand that God does not abandon us. He does not allow evil ever to triumph, and it never will. That that when we approach this problem of evil, we're saying, I'm, I don't have a, a, a Band-Aid. What I do have is ultimate freedom, right? I'm not saying you don't have cancer. I'm saying I have the, 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 
the cure. I'm not saying that you you aren't in pain. I'm saying that I will make sure that you come out of it and be stronger for it. That that is what we that is what the faith has to offer us. Isn't a you're right. This should this shouldn't be, but rather a I'm sorry that you're there, but I promise you it's better. And I promise you this eternal rest that <laughs> that is highlighted in Genesis that we have an understanding of why it happened, but more importantly, we have a hope for what is to come.